welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about this fun question. What is a Pharisee? This is a term that is oftentimes thrown around a little bit more now that there's enough people looking at and critiquing honestly aberration movements within Christendom where if you disagree with somebody, you just must be a Pharisee. And so it's basically the Christian equivalent of calling somebody a white supremacist simply because you disagree with what they say, which basically boils down into an ad hominem attack. And I wanted to bring this up because, um, of course, I wrote the book, The Art of Shallow Neighboring, which is a parody and an apology about the issues and problems with the Art of Neighboring book, which many churches have been going through. And it's a, a very sad thing to see how many pastors in our modern age look at that book and say, wow, this is an amazing book. It is an abominable theological nightmare. This is a book that is devoid of the gospel. It is a book that teaches you it doesn't matter who you're associating with. It's a book that teaches you it doesn't matter if the things you do are unbiblical. As long as you get together and have a block party, that's okay. Now, you can actually get the book on, uh, I think you can get it a lot of different places. The ebook has pretty much been limited to the places where I sell it directly. So, OWICPUB.com for the publishing site rwalkingchrist.com. You can pick it up over there. You can also get it on payhip.com. Those are the places you can pick up a copy of the ebook. And I don't know, eventually maybe I'll push it out to a bunch of other places. But uh, Amazon doesn't like it because, you know, people have given it bad reviews, which is exactly what I expected was going to happen. Because anytime you start approaching the world with biblical soundness, yeah, the world doesn't like that. And so it begs this question, as, as I had sent this out to a friend who sent it up to his uncle who is very well seeped in the church growth movement, and I said, you can go ahead and send it to your uncle. I said, but he's going to call me a heretic. Well, he didn't call me a heretic, just a Pharisee. Bonus, I guess? I don't know. But it does beg this fun question, what is a Pharisee? And I usually don't use other online resources, but I thought this was a good one. This is from... Uh, the Grace to Use website, so this is John MacArthur's website, and this is by Cameron, I think it's Buatel, and the article from 2017 is titled, You Might Be a Pharisee If, and we're not going to read the whole article, it'll be linked in the description down below, but he looks at a few different elements of Phariseeism, and we're going to look at this, and we're going to look at what the scripture has to say. Actually, let's go ahead and talk about the scripture really briefly, because, and why people are throwing this argument out. Is a Pharisee a person who, who looks at the, at the, the rules and the commandments of, of Christ and takes them seriously? The answer is no. That's exactly not what a Pharisee is called. One of the best places to look at is in Matthew 23. And looking at Matthew 23, he says, uh, and starting, let's just do, let's do verses one through four. He spoke to the crowds and the disciples saying, the scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do all that they tell you to do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. The problem with the Pharisees was twofold. Number one is that they added rules to the scripture. Now, when somebody in the world of Christendom looks at somebody and says, you're a Pharisee, particularly when you are doing a biblical critique of something like the church growth nonsense, then what you start to see is they say, oh, you're adding to all these rules. Well, no, I'm actually not. 
I'm not adding a bunch of rules. Now, there are groups that have. I've been in independent fundamental Baptist type churches, and not all of them do this, but it's like, if you don't have a King James, you're a heretic. If you're not wearing a suit and tie, you're a heretic. If you're not, you know, coming to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're a heretic. That's adding extra rules. That's a Pharisee. Hey, I'm a guy that says church is not nearly as important as other forms of Christian fellowship, doesn't matter what it happens to be. Why? Because I don't see anything in the scripture that specifically says you must gather at church. Sure, there's the Hebrews 10 section that says do not forsake the gathering of the brethren, but I'll tell you what, I get a whole lot more from the Bible studies I go to than I do from going to the church I go to. Now, I'm not forsaking the church, and I go to the church, and I donate to the church, and I give time to the church, and I give resources to the church. I am absolutely all for that, but the commandment to not forsake the gathering of the brethren extends well beyond a church building and a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night schedule. Saying that you have to do those, that is a Pharisee. Now, the second part that the Pharisees had it wrong is where they started to not do the things that they, that they were, uh, were talking about. So later on in this chapter, in uh, Matthew 23, now he goes through all of this section from about where I read down through, you know, 30, 40 or so. It gets us down into, where's that end? That actually ends at 39, but it gets down, down and it's, it's all woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. Why? Because they're being hypocrites. And that's one of the biggest charges against the Pharisees is that they're telling people to do certain things, but their heart is far from them. They're following the letter of the law, but they're not actually doing the, doing the thing that, that uh, they need to do. He says in verse 34, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you, are, you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, so that you may fall upon the guilt of the righteous, blood shed on the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the blood of Baraka, whom you murdered between the temple of the altars. Truly I say to you, these things will come to this generation. So who were these prophets? Who were these people that were sent? They were people who looked at the true analysis, the true scriptures and said, first and foremost, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. And I will do this with a veracity that comes from understanding and knowing the scriptures because I have seeped myself in the word of God, not in the things of man. And this brings us to another point in our modern churches where it is now becoming in vogue to start criticizing Roman Catholicism and start criticizing the, uh, the health and wealth gospel, the prosperity gospels, all these types of things. Well, congratulations, maybe give you a little round of applause because that was last generation's heresy. How are you, the modern pastor, standing up to this generation's heresy, which is to cast aside righteousness, to cast aside the scriptures, to seep yourself so much in the culture that all you know how to do is just go and be relevant without any sense of semblance of what the scripture actually teaches us and commands us to do. And that's really the difference. That really is the difference. So a, a Pharisee is not a person who it's not a person who says, I, I am going to hold and live my life by the commands of scripture. Okay? we're not talking about these guys see, preach, preach the same message. They just have a different way of doing it. No, that is not the case. Okay, Rick Warren's church, just in the last couple of weeks, they, uh, a month or two ago, they, they actually had a black-only service. Why? Because cultural pandering to the Black Lives Matter movement, which is an absolute communist socialist group that seeks at their core to destroy everything Christianity stands for. Let's hold a Black Lives Matter sermon. If, if you're not black, you can't come. 
And that is not scriptural. That is not teaching the same things that the Bible teaches, just having a different way of doing it. That is unbiblical, godless garbage. But that's no big surprise, because that's what Warren has always done. He has always compromised his faith. And that's the type of stuff that we see in the church growth movement. And you can go through all of them. No, they're not teaching you the same things. Willow Creek, they came out after 30 years of pushing their church model, the same model that Warren built on, the same model that all these church growth churches are building on. They came out with a study. And that study said, hey, we have shipwrecked the faith of millions because we have not stopped to teach discipleship at this point. That's the type of thing that we, we started to see. And so what ends up happening is they weren't teaching the same things. They weren't teaching to get into the word. They weren't teaching to focus on, on God and, and loving God and loving everybody. And this is why they walked away from all these things. This is why they're not good neighbors. This is why a book like The Art of Neighboring comes up and says, wow, this is amazing. I never thought to love my neighbor because you don't even think to love God. Okay, I looked into this, the, the movie Good Boys. I talked about it briefly before. This is one of those godless pieces of garbage that came out in 2019. It followed three 12-year-old boys who did nothing but swear the F-bombs and play around with sex toys the entire movie. This movie was done on a 20 million budget. This is only a year and a half year old movie. They've already made over $100 million on that. They $80 million of profit on that movie, because we love godless things, and the scripture teaches us not to. You call me a Pharisee because I'm following the commandments of the scriptures? <laughs> what audacity is that? So with that, let's go ahead and have a brief look at what uh, MacArthur's group here says is a Pharisee, and he has three nice points, and we'll wrap this one up. So, they, and they go into a lot of good, good stuff here. I'm not going to read all that. I'm just going to read his points. Number one, uh, I missed the first point. Where's the first point? Number one, if you supplement scripture with man-made rules, you might be a Pharisee. This is, again, the fundamentalist groups. Okay, you have to use the King James only Bible. You have to wear a suit and a tie. You have to be in church every time the doors are open. You know, you, you can't smoke, you can't chew, all these types of things. These are all, the, all of those independent fundamental things that we start to see. When you start adding those types of things, yeah, that becomes Phariseeism. And I'm not into all of that. But I am into the obedience of Scripture, which says don't be addicted to stuff, don't be controlled by other stuff, don't be sinning, things like that. Well, as far as what Bible translation you use, hey, that's all up to you. And you say, well... <laughs> We're a liberal church, man. We don't believe in any of that stuff. Well, they say down here as a little side note, if you're a liberal, you're definitely a Sadducee. I'm going to read this part because it is good. Lest any liberals gain smug pleasure out of pointing their accusatory finger at the fundies they despise so much. Think again. Liberals only avoid the Pharisee label because they're actually something worse. Sadducees. Like liberal theologians, the Sadducees denied fundamental biblical doctrines, especially anything that involved the miraculous. Yeah, that is actually a trend right now. We don't believe in the miraculous anymore. Oh no, God can't work miracles anymore. <laughs> Good luck telling that to God. All right. Uh, but Christ condemned them for their unbelief and their biblical incompetence. Quote, you are mistaken in not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God, he says in Matthew 22, uh, 29. Then he exposed their biblical illiteracy. While fundamental churches are breeding grounds for modern Pharisees, liberal churches are dens of modern Sadducees and both should be avoided like <laughs> the coof. Well, it said the plague here, but you know, this is 2021. We got to talk about the coof. 
Number two, if you preach a false gospel, you might be a Pharisee. This is the big one as far as the church growth movement is concerned. Because the church growth movement is not teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't do it. The art of neighboring has nothing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has nothing in it about commanding... Uh, teaching somebody about sin. In fact, quite to the opposite. In the book, The Art of Neighboring, they actually use the example, hey, my neighbor was throwing these big parties, and wow, I went in and crashed his party one day to see what's going on, and then we started talking, and he started throwing parties for the people on the block instead of all his friends. How? With drunkenness. He converted his entire garage into a bar, a wet bar, with all forms of liquor, and they started boozing it up in parties, so much so that the police showed up one day. I'm sorry, that is not biblical. That is not gospel. That is not in living in consistency with Christ. You may as well be showing good boys, all right, on the big screen at the time. And now, you talk about, you gotta love your neighbor, man. We're just having a big party here. Well, what if the neighbor on the other side of you is an al a recovering alcoholic who's struggling with alcoholism and is in AA? Well, he's not exactly gonna go to the wet bar drunken party over over here and enjoy himself or he might and that might be the problem and so this is the thing is they're teaching a false gospel I don't even know if they're teaching a gospel at all they're teaching an easy believism gospel just just believe nebulously in some Jesus no requirement to cast off your sin no requirement to do anything else that is the gospel they teach find me a place where they stand up and say this is sin this is sin this is an example of sin we have to overcome sin we have to work hard to overcome sin that's just legalism now. Third point. If you are a self-appointed biblical authority, you might be a Pharisee. That's the last point. Am I a self-appointed biblical authority? Eh, maybe all of us can be accused of this at some points in time or another. But I don't sit down and say I have the absolute 100% solid answer and solution to everything. And no theologians really do. You know, I have changed fairly significant viewpoints on a few things within the last few years. That's quite important because we grow in Christ. That's my entire ministry is about our walk in Christ. As we walk with Christ, we become to, to know and understand him more. And that is critically important to know and understand him more. So this is what I wanted to mention. So am I a Pharisee for doing a critique of a book that's godless? Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, am I a heretic? No. But the point is, when we are evaluating things, we have to seek the scripture first. So this is that final point of advice that I gave to this guy. He said, look, it's very well and good that you can point out the false theologies in a lot of these different aberrations, but you can't even point out the false theology and right as right in front of your face. And none of us can. We're products of our culture. This is why our children now, they're raised in this postmodern world, in this postmodern culture, and we have no earthly idea in a postmodern culture that we are even postmodernists. Only those that really take a look at philosophy and look at it and go, wow. I'm a postmodernist. And then you can seek to overcome that. If you want to get out of this church growth nonsense, if you want to see why The Art of Neighboring is a heresy book, what you need to do is you need to step aside from all of that external teachings. Turn off Warren. Turn off Andy Stanley. Turn off all these, you know, um, who's the next big one? Steve Furtick. Turn off all these big church growth gurus. Turn it all off. Stop wasting your time with what they're doing. Spend that time getting into exclusively the Word. Spend some time in the Word. Spend six months. Spend nine months in the Word. And then start looking where you go. You go, whoa, I didn't notice how bad that was before. 
But the fact of the matter is this. As that frog in the pot is, we have been boiled so long, we do not even see the aberration. Only when we step out and look at it from a distance, from the perspective of Scripture, can we see that error. I'll leave it with that because this is way longer than I like the daily walks to be. But anyway, I hope it was enjoyable to you. And you can grab a copy of The Art of Shallow Neighboring and read my apology on the website rwalkingchrist.com or the publishing group owicpub.com or on payhip.com. You can find them on over there. Have a look at the website for the links and, and things like that. So with that, thanks for watching, guys. And I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.